Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we're going to talk about becoming a transformational speaker. And our guest today is Steve Lowell. Steve, welcome to Speakernomics. Well, thanks, Tom. I can't tell you how much fun this is going to be. <laughs> you know, we, we hear a lot about people saying, oh, you want to be transformational, you know, and what you teach people is don't just be motivational, inspirational, or educational, but to really become transformational. So what are your two tips for speakers on becoming more transformational? Sure. Number one is uh, what you need to do, I believe, is you need to rattle the audience's um, beliefs, rattle their paradigms. And tip number two? Tip number two is about resetting their expectations and resetting their perspective. All right. Well, we're going to have fun talking about this. And I know that everybody listening is on the edge of their seat because all of us really want to have that impact. We want to transform our audiences. For those of you who don't know Steve Lowell, he is currently the president of the Global Speakers Federation, although next month he'll be passing that baton to someone else. He works with speakers, trainers, and authors all over the world to help them learn how to embrace this way of being more transformational when they're on stage and to make more money. And I can tell you what, everybody listening wants to do both of those things. He has been on stage for 54 years since he was six years old. He started as a musician and for over 35 years, he has been speaking to audiences. And today he is with us right here on Speakernomics. So Steve, before we get into the tips, tell me a little bit about the Global Speakers Federation. Sure. The Global Speakers Federation, that's a good question. And thank you for that, by the way. Um, the Global Speakers Federation is one of the most misunderstood organizations in the speaking business. And so let me clarify what it is. So in the U.S., you've got the NSA, National Speakers Association. I'm in Canada. We have CAPS, Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, of which I'm a past national president. And there are 17 associations just like ours all over the world. There's one in Australia, there's one in New Zealand, they're in the Philippines, they're in Europe, they're in the UK, they're in Singapore, they're in Africa, there are 17 of them. And these 17 associations 
are members of the Global Speakers Federation. You and I individually, Tom, are not members, but NSA is a member. CAPS is a member. And so the Global Speakers Federation is like a central hub in order to facilitate communication and relationships and uh, and alliances uh, and best practices and all these things between the 17 associations around the world. And so I'm the president of that uh, for another uh, you know couple of weeks or month or, <laughs> or something. But our job is to facilitate conversation between the leaders of the associations so that we can share opportunities opportunities and we can share information and we can share trends and all of these different things. And that's what the GSF is. And then the GSF also has an international conference that speakers who are members of all of those 17 organizations often come to. Tell us a little bit about that annual event. Absolutely. I think it's been offline for a couple of years, but I think it's coming back, right? Yeah, it is. We usually hold it every two years. And uh, and this year it's called the Global Speaker Summit. Um, and I'll tell you, if you're if you're in the speaking business, uh, this is one event. I mean, there's there's really two events in the world that you have to attend. One is influence and one is the Global Speaker Summit. And uh, this year it's in Dublin and it's the last week of September, first week of October. Um, and it is it is absolutely fabulous because, you know, the agenda is excellent. We get speakers from all over the world speaking there. I'll be speaking there and some folks that you know we'll be speaking there but like a lot of these conferences tom you know the the agenda is great the content is great the speakers are great but the real power is in the connection equity the real power is in the people and the relationships that you'll build and i've i haven't missed one since i've been in the business uh and i will never miss one because it is in my view and for my business the most powerful event on the planet and the global speaker summit go to gss2020.com no sorry gss 2022.com and you'll get all the information there. That's awesome. And you know, you said something about making those connections and that's really what I believe in. It's what I speak about. I tell people all the time, I don't know how you succeed in the business of being a professional speaker. If you don't have speaker friends, because you know, if you get around people who are successful in the business, they can't help it. Success leaves clues. You got it. All right. So let's jump into this idea of being transformational. Your first tip was rattle their beliefs. Uh, What do you mean by that? So when I go and see a speaker and, you know, you and I both, we, we see thousands of speakers throughout career, you know, and, um, you know, you and I might look at speakers through a different set of eyes in the general public world. But one of the ways that I appreciate a speaker the most is if they make me do this, is if they make me go, huh. I've never thought of it like that before. So, you know, being motivational is great. I love to be motivated. I love to be inspired. I love to be educated. I love to be entertained. I love to be made to laugh and to cry and all those things, but nothing provides more value than something that makes me think something that changes the way I believe something makes me, you know, reconsider something that I thought was true. And so when a speaker gives me an opportunity to go, huh, I've never considered it like that before. That's something that I find really valuable. And and what I've been doing around the world is, is providing that for some of my, some of my content is, is very unique and it, and it does that. And this is what people come up to me and they say, you know, you've, you've made me think differently. I always thought I was doing it right, but maybe I'm not doing it right. Or I always thought this was approach, but maybe this isn't the right approach. So when you change their perspective, change the way they believe in something and rattle those beliefs a little bit, that's a lot of value for people. 
So, you know, it's interesting. If I lined up 10 speakers, they would all say, oh, yes, I do exactly what Steve just said, right? I, I bring an entirely unique look <laughs> at my topic. Yep. And yet I sit in a lot of audiences. I, I have the honor that I've worked partially about 20% of my business over, over 12 years has been as a master of ceremonies, which means I get to watch a lot more speakers than the average person does because I'm at the conference for the whole four days. Uh, however, I would say it's the rare speaker that really makes me say, huh, so where's the, where's the disconnect there? Right. So here's the disconnect is a lot of speakers think that these are the things that make them transformational. A lot of speakers say, well, you know what? I'm transformational because I've got 35 years in the business, right? That's not what makes a speaker transformational. They'll say, because I'm educated, I have the certification. I've been studying it for 40 years. I have a very unique solution, Steve. I've got my four pillars to this, my five secrets to that, my three strategies to this, or they might say, I have a very unique story, right? Nobody else has my story. And so these are often things that speakers will try and use to become, you know, so-called transformational. But what I've found is what really makes the speaker transformational are, are, are several things. And I'll share a couple of them with you. Number one is, is this to be transformational. Your content first needs to be unique, which means nobody else is doing it like you're doing it. And it's not about your unique story. And it's not about your unique solution, your five pillars, four secrets. It's about giving the audience something that they have never actually seen before. And, and that's not an easy thing to come up with. So the audience needs to go, wait a second, what's that? And that's a tough one. So that's, but that's the first criteria that I've always found is it needs to be something that the audience hasn't seen before. And, and, and so by extension of that, it should be something you created. It should be something proprietary. It should be part of your creativity, your wisdom, your experience, part come from your soul. And it needs to be something that you can claim ownership of. So when you can claim ownership of the wisdom, and it's not that you've, um, you know, you're, you're uh, a certified coach from somebody, or you've learned from this person, or you're regurgitating something that you've read. None of those things are wrong. None of those things are, are, are a problem, except they're, they're rarely transformational. So when you come up with something you created, something the audience has never seen before, where they go, what is that? What happens is your name gets attributed to that wisdom or to that knowledge. And so that's the first, you know, the first two criteria. And the third criteria is it's, it's got to do that. It needs to be where the audience goes, you know, that's, that's a new perspective. I haven't seen that before. And that's how we start the process of, of being transformational is opening the audience's mind to the fact that something new is being presented. And so it starts with that. So I love this idea of something they've never seen before. And often in our business, we have a lot of the opposite. We have people who steal each other's stories. They retell stories that could be told by anybody. I mean, we make fun of the starfish story, right? I, I yeah, made a course. difference. <laughs> I made a difference to that one. And, and for, for yeah. people who are active uh, in the National Speakers Association and and pretty much have been in the business, there are a ton of stories. There's the, the, the lighthouse screaming at the destroyer. There's the cutting the edges off the ham. And people say, oh, the argument often is, well, many in my audiences have never heard this before, so it's new to them. So that's the argument mm -hmm. of sort of copying or, or regurgitating stories. But what you're saying is it really has to be something that people haven't seen before. And, and, and how do we get there? I have a process to do that, and I call it deep thought strategy. But here's what you do. You go through your wisdom 
and your content at a forensic level, at a level that you may never have gone through before. And you basically ask yourself this question, can I claim ownership of this? I mean, could I, in in integrity, stand in front of an audience and say, I created this, or I designed this, or I formulated this. And and so if not, then what you want to do is you want to change your own perspective. You need to look at your content from your own person, you know, from the concept of um, how can I look at it differently? And so something like this, you know, here are some ideas. Take a look at what you're teaching and ask yourself these questions. How can I disprove? that which I believe is true for me. How can I disprove if I'm, if I'm sharing with the audience principles that, that I fully believe in, how can I disprove that? And, and the reason why you do that is because it forces you to look at your own content from a different perspective. And you might be amazed at what you will find. And the challenge, of course, there, Tom, is so many of us get so attached to our content. We get so attached to that which we believe is true. Asking us now to try and prove it to be untrue is a difficult thing. So it means we got to get our ego out of the equation. We have to get all kinds of things out of the way so that we can look at it objectively and try and either disprove it. And if we can't disprove it, that's okay. Then we try another angle. How can I prove it to be incomplete? And then whatever is required to make it complete, that might be your proprietary content. So this is, you know, what what I would do. This is what I've done is you you start with what, you know, that which you think you know to be true and try and disprove it. And, And your purpose is not to disprove it. Your purpose is to come up with the wisdom and the knowledge and the creative ideas along the way. And, and even, you know, if you don't disprove it, what you can find will be very valuable in terms of unique content. So I would start with that. That's a tough one, though, Tom, because like I say, we get attached to our stuff. And, you know, you know, you might, you know, and I hear people say this to me, but Steve, I've been I've been teaching this for 30 years. How can I go ahead now and just tell the audience it was all wrong? Well, that's not really what you're doing. All you're doing is is changing your own perspective on what you're teaching and see if there's anything else in there that might be uniquely yours. That's a that's a good start. So I love this idea of taking your beliefs and trying to disprove them to yourself or find where they're incomplete because, and and I was going to say this a minute ago, and then you just said it, everybody hangs on so tight to what they teach and, and they think they're so right. Right. So what happens to the speaker when they take your advice and they go through and try to disprove it and they do this deep thought strategy and all of a sudden they're like, uh oh, and they find that chink in the armor or the entire crater you know, that, that's yeah. sitting there. What happens to their psyche? <laughs> well, you know what happened? I can tell you what happens to their psyche is they go, gee, now I got to rewrite my book. I got to redo my website. I got to rewrite all my courses. <laughs> and so, and, and it, it can be a bit of a disastrous outcome from that perspective. But I'll tell you what it does, though, in, in, in the long term, is it gives you something that you can go to the stage with. Uh, and, and any stage, you know, Tom, I'm talking about live stage, virtual stage, and anywhere else where we share our wisdom in, in podcast podcasts and, uh, you know, and, and on summits and all these videos and blogs and all these things. And, and what we do now is it gives us this really great piece of work that we have earned, not something that we have studied, but we have earned it and we've developed it. And it comes from a completely different place than everything else and all of our, all the rest of our content. And so there's this, there's this great 
feeling of excitement about that because you can't wait to share it with the world. You can't wait to get in front of an audience and say, you know, look what I have for you. And, and this is, I mean, I, this is from me now. And there's this really amazing pride of ownership that comes with that content. Um, but then, you know, the, the, there always is that. Now I have to either edit my book or rewrite a book and my, my next book's going to disprove the first book and all of that, right? Hey, that's part of growth. That's part of us getting better. That's part of us expanding our mind and our wisdom and our audience and our content and our impact and all of those things. And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, I remember watching, uh, the speaker, you, you may know his name. Most do, most of us do. His name is Joe Calloway. Oh, of course. And I remember, yeah. yeah and I remember watching a video that he was doing a, a keynote that he did. And what his point was about go through all of your, uh, assets, right? All of your courses, all of your videos, all of your, everything that you have and challenge yourself to get rid of all of it and create new stuff. And it's kind of like that, that I'm speaking about is, you know, go through all of your content and challenge yourself not to throw it out, but challenge yourself. How can I disprove it? And when you do that, the new wisdom you can find can be profound. Well, and I'd like to, that's great advice. And I'd like to couple Joe Calloway's advice with something. And I think it was Eric Chester, and I'm just going to pull this out at Influence like a decade ago, said something on the main stage that changed everything that I did. And that was, he said, take your PowerPoint and throw out all the slides and make mm. every slide earn its way back into your presentation. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love think it that. was Eric Chester, but I do that about every 18 months is I throw out all of my stories, all of my slides, and then I put back in the ones that I know have that relevance to rattle people's beliefs, as you would put it. So uh, I think that I think that's great advice. So your second tip had a lot of pieces to it, but basically what I heard was reset their perspective. Yeah. So now that we've challenged their beliefs, What's that second tip all about? What is going on, everybody? This is Taylor with Speaker Flow. Influence 2022 is right around the corner. And as usual, we have an incredible offer in store that you'll only be able to take advantage of while at the show. Starting July 1st, our prices are going up and not insignificantly. We're delivering more value than ever. And with that comes a cost. But during Influence Only, you'll be able to get all SpeakerFlow offerings at legacy price. That's up to 50% off. So if you've got systems on your mind, this is your last chance to lock in this deal. So don't sleep on this. Stop by the booth and let's build the systems of your dreams. So now that we've challenged their beliefs, what's that second tip all about? Yeah, this is about this concept. It's about bringing your audience's awareness to a problem they never knew they had. And so let me explain that. Most of us as speakers, we address an issue. We address some kind of a problem. And when we speak to an audience, what I always find or often find with speakers is we address the problem that the audience knows they have. And then we provide solutions. So we get up and we, we talk about you know, uh, employee retention, or we talk about, uh, you know, personal development or whatever. And we're, we're always addressing a problem that the audience is aware of. And then we offer a solution. Here are some solutions to those 
problems. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, Tom. The, the, the challenge, though, as a speaker is that makes us basically look and sound like every other speaker. Now, I say that from this perspective. You know, if, if we have 10 speakers up there on the platform and they're all addressing the same problem, they may all share their different solutions to the problem. Their unique strategies, their five pillars, their six secrets, their whatever. And, and all of that is fine. And they think that that makes them appear to be different because they've got a different solution. They've got a different story. They've got a different level of expertise. They've got a different level of education. They, you know, what, and all of these things make them appear to be different. But the reality is to most audiences, even though you got a different story, even though you got different credentials, even though you have a, a unique solution, so does the speaker next to you. And so did the speaker before you. And so you're all kind of the same. But when the speaker gets up and brings my awareness to a problem, not the problem I have, but a problem I didn't know I had that may be causing the problem I'm aware of. Now you make, you're changing my perspective on my own condition. Because what happens is I've been trying to solve this problem of which I am aware. Now you're telling me that that's not the problem at all. This over here is the problem. And now in my mind, I've changed my perspective on the nature of my condition. I thought this problem was what I was trying to solve. I should be trying to solve this one over here. And that's the speaker that changed my perspective, my condition, my life, my business, whatever my circumstances are, is not being driven by this problem that I thought I already knew. My condition is being driven by this problem I never knew I even had. That's the one I need to address. So when a speaker changes my perspective on the nature of my condition, that's the speaker that's going to stand out in my mind. That's the one that has been transformational to me because they're going to change the focus of my efforts. They're going to change the focus of my attention and they're going to change my, they're going to give me hope. They're going to give me purpose. They're going to, I have something to attack now. I have something to address now. I have, a, I have a direction that has not been the same direction that I've been pursuing for the last 10 years, you know, and that's the transformation. You see, being a transformational speaker is not just about changing the way the audience thinks, but it's about inspiring them with that change. It's about ins uh, inspiring them into meaningful action. And meaningful action is often not trying to apply another solution to the same old problem. Meaningful action is often redefining the problem and addressing that. So I love this but I'm a little lost. Okay. So in, in theory, that's great, but how do I really get there with the audience? How do I really reset that perspective and show them a problem they didn't know they had, you know, right. instead of just fluffiness? Right. That's where the redefining your content piece comes in. You see, that's where you need to go through your content at the forensic level and you need to find that problem in there that they didn't know they had. And so this is the deep thought strategy piece. This is all about, and, and it's not necessarily about going out and learning new stuff. It, it, it may be, but that's not really what it's about. It's about going through your existing content and finding a deeper cause to the problem you solve, finding something deeper that's beyond 
common sense into what I call uncommon sense. So if you're, you know, if you solve a problem about employee retention, then let's say as an example, then what you want to do is you want to go deeper, deeper, deeper into your content, deeper until your brain hurts and try and find a cause in there, a problem that is not being addressed and learn how to address that one. So this is not a magic bullet. This is not a <laughs> this is not a very simple thing to do. And so if I was to offer your your audience an, an action, and this is what I, I offer a lot my audiences, is just this, you know, go to the desk, go through that content, and start asking yourself this question. How can I disprove this? And when you disprove it, when you try to disprove it, that often brings ideas out of the ether that reveals to you a problem that you you never knew existed. And that's what you bring to the audience. So I love all of this, and I love the the, the sense that you're saying, look, it's, it's, it's not easy. How long does it take most speakers who get serious about embracing being a transformational speaker to really become one? You know, <laughs> sometimes it takes minutes, sometimes it takes months, right? I mean, there is no a standard answer for that. Sometimes we find it very easily. It was right in front of us, and we go, oh, I mean, it's been there the whole time. You know, for me, it happened at uh, 2 in the morning. You know, one of those ideas that pops you up in the middle of the night, you know? Um, I have this this uh, model I created called the Repumeter, and this is what I've known for, and I speak it all over the world, and this is, this is my piece that does all of that. And that came to me at 2 in the morning. And, and so, you know, when you wake up at two in the morning with an amazing idea, um, obviously, what do you do with that, Tom? What do you do? You wake up going out of bed. Great idea. What do you do? I usually try to uh, remember what the idea was, because by the time I get out of bed, I'm like, I had a great idea at two in the morning and I don't remember what it was. Yeah, exactly. And this was one of those. It's such a good idea. There's no way I'm going to forget it. So I went back to sleep. <laughs> right. So I got up the next day and, and it, I find it, did, it did all come back to me and I created this uh, this model. Uh, and, and that's but it starts with this. It starts with the intention to find it. Uh, and, and so you just have to you have it's a creative process kind of thing. So you can't rush it. You have to let it descend. You have to let it unfold the way it's going to. But you start with the intention to find it and you just start going deep into your content. And if you feel that ah, you're not finding it, it's not there, then back off for a while, but it's the intention to find it, that, that triggers this. Um, and so it, it may happen in instantly. It may take months. So what I love about what you're saying is sometimes people come in and give advice and they're like, Oh, like I'm, I'm going to use this with what I said in the, in the introduction about being a trans uh, transformational speaker, not just motivational, inspirational, educational, Sometimes people discredit the other. What I like about you is you're not saying it's bad to be a motivational speaker or an inspirational no, speaker no. or an educational speaker. And you're not discrediting the importance of story, of education, of experience, of certification. But you're saying that those things alone don't get you the whole way. So I love the fact that you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You're saying, you know, let's keep it all together and let's take it to that next level. So let's talk about things like being motivational and inspirational and about story. How do those play in to your world of being transformational? 
oh, they're, those are all icing on the cake. You know, I, I mean, yes. you're right. I think speakers need to be all of the above, right? Speakers need to be all of the above. And, and, you know, if you talk to a bunch of different speakers, they'll even give you different definitions of what motivational and inspirational mean, right? And, that, and that's okay because, you know, we all have our own desired outcome as a speaker. And if we want, if we, we, we want to motivate that audience, we want to inspire them into some kind of an action. We want to educate them so they know something that they didn't know when they walked in. Uh, we want to entertain them so they laugh and we get all that visceral stuff going on. All of that is, is mission critical for professional speakers. And if we can add this one piece, this transformational piece where they walk away and they, and, and, and they go, you know, the audience says, oh, you know, that was great. And it was really interesting. What a great speaker. I had a great time. I really learned some things, but you know something? I have completely changed the way I think about something and I need to go and address it. And it's that change in the way they think. It's that change in their perspective. It's that rattle in their beliefs. It's that shaking of their paradigms where they walk out the door and go, maybe my world isn't quite what I thought it was. And I got to go and check this other piece out. That's the transformation piece. Yeah. You know, inspiration, Zig Ziglar used to say, you know, motivation is a lot like bathing. <laughs> you, know, it, it, you know, it dissipates uh, very, very quickly. Yeah, but, but he recommended doing it daily. That was the part, yes, right? Motivation, <laughs> it's, it's like bathing. You know, you got to do it. You know, it, it wears off, but you got to do it. I recommend doing it every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, that brings up an interesting point. When I got into this business 13 years ago, there was a big movement of oh, no, never call yourself a motivational speaker because that's fluffy and nobody likes that and all this. And then uh, one time I heard someone say, yeah, what's the opposite of motivation? And the only term anyone has ever thrown back is demotivation or sucks the energy out of the room. And you don't want to be demotivational or sucking the energy. So, so energy out of the room. So all speakers really do need to have that, that motivational call to action piece. But I love how you've tied together the way to take it to that next level level of being transformational. Any last words for the speaker world? Maybe something we didn't cover. I think if I was standing in front of a whole bunch of speakers and that, and if they said, you know, give me one thing, that, that I can take with me when I go uh, from this room. I think it would be this, Tom, and, and I think everything we've been talking about kind of starts with this, and, and that is to give yourself permission to question your own reality. Give yourself permission to question your own beliefs. And if you don't have that permission, if you don't give yourself that permission, then you're going to find it really hard to go through this process because you'll always have your ego in the way. You'll always have your beliefs, uh, defending your beliefs in the way. Give yourself permission just for this exercise to question that which you believe to be true. And with that permission, then I think you're going to be off to a much stronger start. Well, Steve Lowell, thanks for being a guest on Speakernomics, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. Well, listen, this has been great, Tom. I, I, I love doing this. I love NSA. I love our speaker peeps, as you know, just as, just as you do. And I'm really excited about the work that you're doing. So congratulations on the enormity of your success. And thank you for contributing to the speaker community in this amazing way. Uh, thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's one of my great joys is getting to host Speakernomics. Hey, everybody, do me a favor. Join us every single week right here on this podcast for more thoughts ideas and actionable information on how to be a better speaker and make more money and always remember the motto of this podcast speak get paid repeat
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.